Welcome to Fresno's Best Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox. Today, I have an interview with Alex Treas and Jen Guerra. Both from the Valley, they share a passion for the growing technology industry here, and after the fallout from Bitwise, are striking out with a new venture called Reclaim Technologies that aims to help these organizations utilize technology in order to achieve their goals. This was a fascinating conversation and one that I know you will enjoy. Let's meet Alex and Jen, and Baker will take us there. Music show some respect to the best little city left in the U.S. Fresno's best. Fresno's best. Jen and Alex, where do you guys like to eat in Fresno? I love the Mediterranean Grill and Cafe downtown okay i i okay full disclosure this has been recommended multiple times and i'm embarrassed to say i still have not been what am i missing they you know they've been around i think for 25 30 years and actually i just was recommended to go there by my parents just last month so i've been going at least you know once a week or whenever i'm around they're great like i love the fish plates they have. I love the vegetarian plate. The the food is just so good. And the, and the and the owner and everybody is so nice. And they're just very welcoming. And it's very busy. It, it seems like all of downtown Fresno is there at lunch. <laughs> it's like the courthouse lunch place, if you will. Yeah, like yeah. everybody's there. <laughs> got it. Got it. What about you, Alex? Oh, I love the Ichiban, uh, Ichiban Ramen out by like right across the street from Fashion Fair Mall. It's a great ramen place, has a like, bunch of like anime on the background, Naruto, Dragon Ball. And yeah, it's always, it's small, but it's, yeah, I can't wait for it to be just, actually it's cool enough now, I'm going to start going, but it's a great, just comfort food for me. I often wonder that, wonder about that, what ramen places do in the middle of July. Are people going in there and ordering hot bowls of soup or I imagine they, you know, have lots of other offerings that are less difficult to eat when it's hot. Uh, do you ever, have you ever been there when it's hot outside? Yeah. Sometimes when it's, you have the craving for it and just, just <laughs> suck it up and go. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. But what's your usual order? You know, I like the miso ramen, but usually I just check the menu and sometimes I try something new. There's so many good things. I agree. I, I love when it gets cold and I can think of, start thinking about pho, start thinking about soup. In my house, we're big on soup season. We have, yeah. you know, and we, we, we like test the line, when, you know, where it's like, yeah, it's like 81. Is that like quasi soup season? Or have we entered that? Like the, the boundaries are kind of vague and we always push the limits. So I, I agree. I can't wait to get into some ramen. So we're going to talk about technology in Fresno for a while. I have lots of questions and we're going to start by asking kind of a weird one. And I want you guys to think about it in maybe a weird way. Does geography matter now when you're starting a tech company? Does it matter where you are? No, I mean, just from our experience and, you know, we were formerly obviously, you know, but from Bitwise and there, you know, there was just so many people and, and they, they specifically were trying to target you know, like they say, like underestimate cities and stuff like that. So, you know, not, not going to San Francisco and what have you, but, but nowadays, like, and just the fall of that and everything and uh, Alex and I creating our, 
our company, like you don't have to be living in San Francisco or in some huge city. You can do, there's so many people are doing remote jobs for work from wherever. And, and I think a lot of like in downtown San Francisco, a lot of tech companies aren't even really using the buildings and most of the people are working from home. So it, it's changed. I know COVID's changed the landscape a lot and, you know, so anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, to piggyback on that, I just watched this great uh, video. I think it was put out by the Wall Street Journal that was looking at uh, vacant uh, commercial real estate space in like San Francisco's. It's like an epidemic of just like empty offices. Yeah. And I, I also know that a lot of the tech companies are wanting people to come back into work. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's this uh, person who's on Reddit, you know, which is always a good sign, who started a business where he takes people's Amazon key cards and like checks in for them because they're docking they're docking people or like getting people penalizing people if they don't actually physically come to the office. So for a fee, he'll come get your key card and check you in three times a week. And wow. so it's it seems like tech companies want geography to matter, but really that's not what people want. And so there's kind of these can like diverging interests. But at the same time, it does seem, and to push back on you a little bit, Jen, it does seem like being close to other technology companies can be beneficial, you know, in terms of like mutual, you know, sharing ideas, sharing resources, sharing connects, sharing, you know, business opportunities. So it seems like there's some aspect where it's useful, but maybe if there's a fertile place somewhere, it doesn't matter specifically where it is. Is Would you agree with that or Alex, yeah, you want to jump sense. in? Go ahead. I know that in Fresno, there are other tech companies that we didn't even know of. And we, since the fall of Bitwise, we've learned about other tech companies. So we've, we've, we've networked and talked to the, you know, other people. So. Do you want to add something to that, Alex? Yeah. Well, so for me, it's more of the, the technology places are, are not gate kept anymore. Right. I mean, look at the start of Bill Gates. He was really only the start because he was near a supercomputer, one of the first computer labs available but now you could learn how to code off so many different avenues now i think that landscape has now been lifted you could get into tech but i think being in fresno has is our bit is what we try to add the human factor because you know it's hard to get a place where hey it's super close and i'm going to you know another country or another state to find my tech solutions but being here being face to face that's why our motto is tech with a heart because we love being face to face with our clients and you know there's so many nuances when you're creating a website and app hey i want this different fonts i want this a little different color can we place this here you can't get that without some human interaction there's a lot of people that know how to create a website but not a lot of people that know their personality behind who wants it created so that's kind of where we bridge the, that gap yeah well it's a little bit like you know, I mean, there's WordPress, right? Like, so I, I have a website and I built it with WordPress, mm -hmm. but, you know, that's just a simple, you know, black and white, essentially with some simple font, you know, nothing, nothing too complicated. But nowadays, you know, if you look at 
you know, how wealthy people purchase things. They want things handmade, specifically crafted to them. And so it's, there's a market for people like me that are building a simple WordPress site just, you know, for a blog or for sharing podcast episodes, for example. And then there's people that want something that's unique and specific to them. And I think that's what you're describing. Now, the flip side of what you guys are saying, though, is that, you know, kind of it's a level playing field. But that means that there are companies that you're competing with that are not located in Fresno, you know, where you could have someone that contracts with a remote company and then they do the virtual kind of thing like we're doing. And so how do you think about that in terms of your competition in space? And do you think that exists in Fresno? Well, for me, I've been in business and other businesses. I've had my own business, massage business for 30 years. And I started in San Francisco and everyone would say, oh, there's a massage therapist in every corner, but that's true. But, you know, you attract your own clients. Like there's not everybody's for everybody. And there's just great that there's an abundance of different companies because people like to work with different people. And so I, I don't feel any scarcity around that. I really feel like, you know, we're, we're getting the right people that want with us. Yeah. Yeah. As tech expands, there's so many places that need tech that, you know, didn't need tech beforehand. So oh, there's definitely, yeah, definitely chances out there. Let's, before we get into a little bit further into your business, I want to talk about Bitwise for just one second. So one of the things that people were concerned about, and we don't have to get into the specifics of anything, but just the general mood around capital and investing in tech companies after, you know, what happened where people could feel like, am I going to get scammed? Is this a real tech company? you know, kind of these ideas around investors getting wanting to get involved in tech companies in Fresno. Are you guys concerned with the impact that the Bitwise fall is going to have on investment in technology companies in the Valley? Why or why not? You know, I, I don't, uh, right now, Alex and I are just bootstrapping everything. We haven't got any kind of special funding from investors or anything. We're just doing it all on our own. But I, I think that people understand that it wasn't it's unfortunate, you know, that a few people made, you know, mistakes or they on purpose, you know, uh, mishandled finances. So, you know, that happens in any business, really, you know, you think about it, you know, it's in the news all the time, unfortunately, but I mean, I don't think, I think people will, I mean, people have been great with us and trusted us to, you know, do their their tech solutions, whatever that might be. We haven't had anything negative. So it's been really like a welcoming experience for us. Yeah. Well, I, 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 the main reason I'm asking is, you know, we just don't want, and I hope that the effect isn't like dissuading people from working with technology businesses and, you know, whether that's on the customer facing or the business facing, or when you're, you know, trying to get capital to expand, you know, hopefully that has an impact. And I mean, I think it will to some degree just because it's in people's memories, but hopefully people can start fresh and people can get a new experience with technology companies in the Valley. One of the criticisms that I've heard from someone that was working kind of in a tech adjacent business in Fresno is that there maybe isn't enough talent here in terms of people that have the background and the resources in order to get the kind of you know, the heavier lifts, back-end development stuff done, you know, real big database management. 
When you guys are thinking about looking for employees for your business, how do you foresee or how do you perceive, but also having worked with Bitwise as a large company in town and was recruiting tech tech workers, how do you perceive the landscape in terms of talent that we have here in the Valley? Well, coming from an apprenticeship, like there was, I was in the apprenticeship at Bitwise and there was so much, I mean, thank goodness for that. There, there were so many people that wouldn't have maybe been noticed because maybe they didn't have a degree or maybe they didn't have much experience, but they were, they knew a lot. They were doing stuff at home, you know, or whatever. And they didn't just know how to get in. And um, Bitwise was a place for us to get in. And, and there was so much, so much talent I saw, you know, and so I know it's there, you know, it's in our Valley. Yeah. We work with former Bitwise developers and solution engineer they do our you know work for for us with us you know when we create projects so we make sure to hire uh, those people okay so you just feel like they're just you're they're just not meeting each other so the industries that need them and then the potential employees are just it's just a a talent missing each other missing opportunities is that what you think it is i think so because tech is really hard to get into if you don't have the right connections, if you're not, you know, you don't have a degree from Yale or something, you know, like it can be very cutthroat, but there's also, you know, I, 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 but yeah. So I think that uh, a lot of people don't know how, like, or they just doubt themselves because they don't have that support. But I mean, the good thing, you know, about Bitwise is that we were able to to get have a chance you know and so i think more people realize wow there's there's real talent out there you know so so i think some i know that the city got like 2.4 million or workforce connections and so i think uh, a million is going towards uh, another i can't remember the school the college uh, for apprenticeship programs for in tech which is really cool so they see the need well, I think the talent was always here in Fresno. The The problem was the opportunity, right? They would graduate from Fresno State. We have you know great, talented people here. And with no option in Fresno, they would leave to the Bay Area. They would leave to Silicon Valley. We would, it would said over and over again, we would bleed out our, our talent here in Fresno. It seems now the last five years, Fresno has really taken a notice to rejuvenate its name. It's almost like a rebrand of Fresno, right? I mean... I, I when I was at Fresno State, I would I would be told, hey, you know, we don't go to downtown, <laughs> you know, at all, at all. And now we we have a our office in downtown Fresno. We celebrate downtown Fresno. It is like yes, go there, support what's going on. More and more people. Our hub is crowded with thousands and thousands of people. Um, we we see so much more love going into Fresno. And when that starts happening, the grants will come, the money will come, the people will come, but. We just need to be given a chance. And now this resilience of why not Fresno? We're the fifth largest city. We're bigger than Oakland and they have a pro team. You know, I was like, we could do, we could do amazing things here. And and for us, we would like that. We would like to at least, at least give people a chance to have an opportunity to work in tech. And, you know, we have the advantage of hitting the ground running, working with all these developers face-to-face. We've known them for years. So we trust their work. We've trust them as people we know we could work with them very well team chemistry and all that so when people come to us for um, a website an app any tech idea we know exactly who we have in mind so we know their experience hey we could give you their 
their portfolio and showcase who they are, but we're that bridge in between those people and those developers. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think it's got to be both. It's got to be, you know, talent development. So local stuff, but also attracting people that don't live here that, that have those skills to come in because, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to grow everything we need, quote unquote. We, we also need, you know, imports as well. People traveling from other places, you know, maybe they like our uh, lower home prices, even though they aren't, you know, they're getting to the point where they're not that low. So now I, I want to ask where, in terms of recruitment, when you're thinking about hiring employees for business, where where are you having the hardest time finding in terms of skills? Is it web development? Is it backend development? Is it database work? Is there a specific subset of your business where we need more of those types of developers in the valley? I mean, I know, I know web development is a little easier to get into in terms of the uptick. You know, there's some things that are kind of like there's scaffolding that's put in place. I work with a developer that used to work with Bitwise, a web developer, and, you know, he was showing me kind of some of the software that makes it a little simple to kind of, you know, work through a website development. But when you're talking about backend development, he's like, oh, no, I don't, I don't do that. And so he says other people that, you know, he relies on to work on that. So are there certain areas where it's harder to recruit? Well, we've been lucky that we found we, uh, the people um, that we're working with that were former Bitwise employees like are very well rounded. So they do the front and the back and you know everything in between, you know. And and we have a great solutions engineer. And and I if I would say just personally, I think maybe there, there isn't a lot of solution engineers because I mean he's pretty amazing. And um, explain what that is for people that don't know what a solutions engineer is. Yeah. So basically what happens is like, so we meet with a client and then we have like some questions for them and then we take our question or the answers and give them to uh, our solutions uh, engineer. And basically what he does, he's like the, the solutions person for like everything. Like he'll write project out the manager project, kind of project and, but he actually is like a wizard and writes out the solution, like the proposal for, you know, for their project. So it'll be like the milestones, the, how much it will cost the, and all the little details, like fine. Defense, right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we have people that could want a house, people that could build a house, but understanding what, what, what takes place to actually, you know, all the details that lay out the blueprints, you know, that's so hard to find because you need someone who's not only knows that development side of it, but also more of the hours, the project management skills, the, you know. General contractor for tech work kind of, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So definitely understanding that, but there's some that have no tech background that understand that there's some that do, preferably those that do. So it's really finding a good blend of people that want to do be a full stack developer, front end, back end, but also dive into different things, newer things. AI, you know, if that's if that's where you want to go, there's also um, there's o- there's always so much nuances with tech. You can go into a lot of, but being really kind of like a a good utility knife in design would be nice because you understand what people want, how to design it, how sh- how it should look, the aesthetics of it. Now people have a range of talents. As always, kind of my advice to those people looking into that career. Yeah, yeah, I would say AI. I haven't heard a lot of maybe. I mean, but I haven't heard much about like a lot of developers. Like, oh yeah, I, I do AI stuff. You know, so that's like a, a, another. You know, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a burgeoning industry for sure. And what, what is your level of concern with AI as a competitor in the space? You know, I, I pay for the premium chat GPT myself and get it to do all sorts of things. I, it, I haven't yet to figure out how to have it go to work for me, but you know, maybe at some point I'll get one of those robot dogs and have it go <laughs> in and I check out books, so check out library books. But I have used it to, you know, make changes to my HTML, my CSS, and my website. You know, so what what is your level of concern in the space with AI as a competitor? I think there's always has to be a human factor to it. So when you do, you know, chat GBT, it gives you a, a great sentence, paragraph, even you can tell it expand, be friendlier. At the end of the day, I I pick what I like from it. But I still have to edit how it should be more to how I'm going to say it, this hashtags and emoticons. <laughs> and, and so obviously the fear is that it's just going to take over and I don't need a graphic designer anymore. I could just plug in a few words on mid-journey and it pops out some great concept art. But there's always that level of detail where it has to take a human factor. I love AI as a bridge to how do I get my ideas more re- refined, right? I, I want like a heart-shaped logo with a trophy or whatever it may be, but that's where the designer comes in and saves you time and money and them also time and money because they could get right into the concept of it. Obviously, the concern is how good is it going to get? And, you know, this is the worst we'll ever see AI. AI is only going to get better. So where is it takes it to that next step where you don't need a designer? How far away that is, I don't know, but in my mind, it's always a a tool rather than, uh, you know, end all be all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I agree with that. Cause I think, you know, there's one blog that I read almost every day and at least one of his posts that he puts up every day is a bunch of links for things he finds interesting. And what he's doing there is he's curating for me, you know, and I think, you know, curation is kind of the future where, you know, you have a bunch of information, but you two with your brains, your technology focused brains can look through that and say, this is good. This is not good. Cause you know, I mean, sometimes I, you know, I had definitely had a case where chat GPT gave me something inaccurate and I found it only because I had the background knowledge of the particular subject matter that I was having it write out. And so, you know, someone that didn't know would have just taken it to the bank in terms of, Oh, this is true. Yeah. So I think there's, Obviously, and most of the research that I've seen on chat GPT is it works best when there's a human with it. So <laughs> now let's talk about your pitches to small businesses. What's the pitch you give to a local business as to the value of creating a unique app as opposed to going with some of these copy and paste or remote companies that have a lower rate, but you know, you know what I mean? Well, we just say like support local. I mean, that's what we do. We use local businesses and local. We don't hire overseas or, you know, we, everyone is here. And um, so we, we just um, try to pitch like, we're local, we're here, we can have lunch with you. You know, we're not just some, some voice, you know, a million miles away that you, you'll never, you know, know. So I think it's just um, the re- relationship building. So kind of customer service in some respects, like you're going to be there if there's questions or concerns versus, you know, if you've ever tried to fix something on WordPress, you know, and you go through those stupid forums and you're like, but this isn't my problem. My problem is my problem, not that problem. So 
<laughs> I get that. What do you, what do you, how do you pitch in terms of, you know, if I'm in a company and let's say I've got 2% of my budgets for marketing, right? Or, so, or 3%, I don't know. I don't know what the average is. Why do I want to spend most of that on building a website versus, you know, just slapping together something simple and then buying some commercial time or something? What's the, what's the economic argument for spending more, more resources on a, a unique website? Yeah, digital or whatever is everything, right? If you're not on the website, no one can find you with a few simple words. You almost don't exist unless you're somehow on Facebook and someone recommends you, right? That's the hardest part is you're not only competing against, you know, people locally, but any recommendations, anybody that could find you. So when people are, you know, we've had some local companies come up to us and they need presence. No one knows we're out here or they go to the website. They think it's fake because it looks very like, hey, someone's, you know, my aunt's, you know, friend's nephew knows how to do a website and it's very cheap looking, you know, and they don't want to do business with, some, with someone with a kind of a lesser website. First so, impression can make a huge difference whether you get in your car and you drive, right? Absolutely. So really optimizing that that Google search and getting your business out there. It's huge in 2023, we're almost in 2024 and it's, it's everything now. Now, here's my question. What, what businesses or what industries specifically are the most in need of your services? You know, like, like there's certain industries that are less, have less web presence and specific to the Fresno metro area. What, what industries do you think need your support the most? I would say, well, there's kind of uh, two ends. Uh, one end has been the small businesses that don't have really any idea what, like, hey, they're really good at their niche business, whatever it is, right? They, they're really good. They're a really good yoga instructor, but they don't have a website. They don't really know where they're, you know, how to get a website, how to get notice, you know? So we work with a lot of small businesses, but also agriculture has been on the high end there's so much more technology that goes into to crops. I mean, it's insane how much it goes into. People get drones, people, you know, need harvesting reports. There's so much that goes into it. I know it's kind of a, a two-parter, but yeah, small businesses and agriculture, speci specifically in Fresno, we've also, seen that a lot. Real estate, real estate, you know, that whole realm, lenders, real estate agents always want, you know, a website lenders, brokers, you know, whoever in that realm, there's a lot of real estate, you know, businesses in Fresno. Okay. I, in perusing your website, I took a lot of interest in the storefront aspect of your business where you talk about underrepresented communities. Can you describe what you mean by that and how can you guys help those communities? Well, if you look around, like when you go to ArtHop, for me, like I'll go out there and have my stack of cards and there's so many makers, so many interesting people out there that are really like wanting to get their businesses off the ground, but they don't maybe have enough cash flow yet, or they don't have access to certain things or, you know, that's how I see it. And it could be, you know, due to like race, disability or anything, you know, really. And so our solution is creating this app that will uh, hopefully change that realm. Yeah, but we we get 
a lot of startups and and locally too, where they don't have the startup cash to spend thousands of dollars on a website. So what the storefront is, is the it's below that, right? It's a beginning level where it's a subscription fee for a templated website that you could have via storefronts. And kind of the, the bigger phase is that this would become a, not necessarily a social media app, but you could then find those companies using storefronts. So there's there are places where you could create a template website. We know that. But this is a no-code option where then it feeds into a search capability for people who, hey, how do you find someone who could walk my dog, right? I mean, then you have to download another app or who could detail my car? Well, I have to find another app. I have to find a website. I have to find a recommendation. And mainly comes from recommendations because they don't have that money for a website. So they're not really online yet. This is the first step to getting recognized on a digital presence. So I could create my side hustle or whatever it may be to then hopefully build up to a website later down the road. So you could have those cookie design companies, those yoga instructors that are starting out have a virtual storefront. So that's why it's called storefront. So, you know, if I'm like, you know, looking for like, let's say a landscaping crew to help with my yard or something. And, you know, (laughs) typically when people do that, they go to like, like Facebook or like some, some other play or like sometimes Yelp, but Yelp doesn't always have everything at least organized in a way that makes sense. So this Mm -hmm. is kind of a way for people to access local, smaller businesses that are not reached a place where they're maybe, you know, have it, have, you know, kind of the revenue to be in that space where they have their independent website and everything else. And this is kind of a way for you to get access to local businesses that are smaller scale. Is that, is that my understanding correctly? Right. Cause if you go on Facebook, there's no sort of platform other than maybe a million. Right. But again, you have to search for them. There's no real, say if you're, your was like Dan's mowing, but you typed in landscape, Dan's mowing is not going to be popped up on there. Mm-hmm. And you have to be at a certain landscape or different group, Facebook group, right? I mean, I have in the housing community, we have our own. We recommend, hey, who do you know for carpet cleaning? I don't know what to type in for, you know, Dan's cleaning if I'm, whatever the name is. So it's not it's not necessarily an SEO engine on Facebook. You have to know the specifics. Yeah, on top of that, there's no payment processing. There's, you know, maybe a gallery, maybe someone, you know. So this is a way to kind of, organize all of that into a much more sophisticated and professional way. Okay. And is it just, is it going to be kind of scaled for different businesses in terms of size, or is it going to be a flat fee and then people can, you know, opt into the lowest level or whatever? Yeah. I think as you, as you start any kind of app, you always want an MVP, right? You always want to start what is what the customer's main need is. And that would be a template website Obviously, we would love to have added features later on. So if you're a taco truck and you want to do a you know, payment processing or, or store pickup, you know, or food truck pickup, we would love those. But as that that would be as we grow. The main thing right now would just be a templated website. Okay. Let's our last section before we talk about books is kind of about Fresno and where we see it going. We're gonna jump back to Bitwise for a second because I think there is something that's gone now, which is kind of this clearinghouse slash intermediary that connected everyone together, you know, that enabled that cross-pollination that we talked about. Does Fresno need a major tech intermediary like Bitwise in order to have a thriving technology industry? 
And if not, how how are these tech companies going to interact and what will that space look like? I don't think so, personally. I think that we've been meeting so many people through networking groups. We go, we were um, Rotary, you know, the Chamber. There's You meet so many different businesses and organizations. I don't really think you, you need, anyone needs to replicate what Bitwise was doing. And I think it actually, with Bitwise gone, it gives more freedom to other little companies that kind of, I don't know, like maybe took, took, you know, some business away from the smaller guys, you know, so. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, that's a great optimistic take. And, you know, technology companies are like any other business, you know, you join the chamber of commerce, you know, you start to meet people. That's just kind of how that world works. Right. One question I like to ask people to kind of get them to think outside the box is, you know, we all, exist within specific spaces um, that give us unique vantage points. So I've spent most of my career working in K-12 education, you know, and what the, the famous phrase of like to, for I, I'm going to say this wrong because now my, I'm talking so fast, I kind of losing track of the aphorism. It's to a hammer, everything's a nail kind of. So for K-12, you know, everything's an education problem, you know, for me, you know, and that's kind of like, I, I know that's not true, but you kind of lean that way. And for, you know, sometimes engineers, everything's an engineering problem. For technologists, everything's a technology problem. But that's how we see or try to fix the world. But we also have a unique vantage point for seeing things, right? So from your vantage point in working in tech, what do you maybe see about Fresno that people that work in other industries don't? Question. <laughs> Good question. I think with with Fresno, it's 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 keeping up with the bigger cities, right? We are a population, like I said before, we're the fifth largest population, but we haven't acted like that. You know, we were we have great agriculture, great colleges, great businesses here, real estate's growing, but we're still keeping up with the Bay Area and Los Angeles and other places like that. I think that presence, digital presence and 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 modern solution in Fresno still needs to catch up a little bit. You have the same take, Jen? Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to think about what you just, <laughs> your question still. And yeah, you know, I just think that there's just a lot of possibility. I just see our area, like it's just a wealth of good stuff. And I think if we just keep looking at that and, and seeing the possibilities and and not the, the shortcomings or whatever of our area, and then we can really grow and thrive, you know? potential yeah yeah absolutely yeah I, I love what i've seen in, in downtown fresno just the love it's getting and and yeah just more potential i see a lot of that in fresno all right we're going to close with my favorite question which is book recommendations uh what are a few books you'd recommend to listeners that you've enjoyed well alex and i are both reading this one running lean we got mm-hmm. this from another kind of like a mentor person was and it's really interesting on like just how to um run lean with your business <laughs> when you're first starting a startup. It's pretty interesting. What's what's an interesting takeaway from that book? Well, the cool one of the, I mean, I just started, but for me, it was like, oh, we don't have to have the whole picture, like, especially for this app storefront, we can just do an MVP and then really get the users involved and like what they really want instead of building this thing we think they want and then nobody wants it. And then we spend a bunch of money and a bunch of time you know, building something nobody wants. So. Yeah. 
I'm reading a, a few books right now. This one's recommended to me. It's Atomic Habits by right? Clear. Atomic Habits is, is great. I've just started it, so I'm not very deep in it, but I've, you know, it's been highly recommended. One of the favorite quotes I've seen so far. It's not even a quote. It's just kind of a sentence off to the side, but it says that you get what you repeat. And it's these little habits that you build a good system. That system is going to give you results. Goals, everyone has the same amount of goals, right? But it's what you do every single day, every single time you want to get 1% better. That's what's going to lead you. That's what Atomic Habits are about. So I'm, I'm really excited to get into it. If anybody else has read it, it's great. A book that I read last year is called The Mountain Is You by Brianna Weist. Maybe I said that wrong. The Mountain Is You is that you give yourself a lot of obstacles personally that yeah not you know may not be there it's it's a way to kind of get out of your headspace get out of your own way it's a quick read something that i kind of want to read again this year but it's it's yeah it's a great book to and it's not only to showcase how people think of how we get in our own way but also how to solve that it gives you examples it's it's a it's a good book especially if you are you know you need some I don't know what self-help, <laughs> betterment books. <laughs> Those are both it. Yeah. Well, I think if if most of us realized that we were only competing with ourselves, we'd be a lot happier. So I, I couldn't agree more. To close, where can people find out more about your business and uh, request your services if they're interested? Yeah. So Instagram, reclaim underscore technologies. Same for our Facebook, reclaim technologies. We're on LinkedIn with the same name and our website is reclaim-tech.com and our email is reclaimtechfresno.com oh, at gmail. <laughs> and we're at the, our, our physical office is at 700 Van Ness. And we're in the, on the second, on number 213. If anyone wants to stop by and say hi. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both for talking with me. This was very enlightening for me and I'm excited for the future of technology in Fresno. I appreciate you both and the work you're doing. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks thank you so much for having us. Fresno's best. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can support this podcast by leaving us a rating and review or by making a financial contribution at our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com slash Fresno's best. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>